Hi, and welcome to my first podcast episode of Paranormal Chat. Uh, this podcast is going to be anything paranormal. It's going to be ghost, it's going to be UFO, cryptozoology. If you have crazy dreams that you think are affecting your life, I want to hear it. I have been a paranormal believer since I was little. I've had experiences. I know family members and friends have had experiences and I just cannot get enough of it. And so I am using this podcast as a way to get more of it because I just want to hear everybody's crazy stories. So my first guest is my boyfriend and his name is Jesse. If you want to say hi, introduce yourself. Hey everybody. Yes, as she said, she is correct. I am her boyfriend. Do you want to give a little bit of background about yourself before we go into any of the stories? Um, I'm a avid fan of all things occult and just nerdy stuff all around. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, if it's fun and interesting, I'm a fan of it. So, yeah, I like spooky stuff as well. Okay. Well, what is the most memorable paranormal experience you've ever had? It doesn't have to be just ghosts. It could be UFOs. Well, I, I, I don't know what I would classify it under other than a weird thing that happened to me. Um, uh, I'm not from San Antonio, Texas, so I was born and raised in uh, Laredo, Texas, which is a border town, if uh, not a lot of people know. And in and of itself, it's a very creepy place because, you know, it's a small town, there's a lot of old houses, warehousing, um, I don't know how, how much it's boomed since I've, you know, left. I'm pretty sure it's it's grown, going up into its own little place now, but, you know, back then there was a lot of, like, dirt roads it's just a very eerie scene to be out um so yeah and then borders like right across so you know that in and of itself also is kind of strange you know even for someone that lived there and um well we used to live in like this small little house that was right next to a i guess wholesale iron works warehouse so it was you know nothing except the the only neighbor we had was an elderly woman who was bedridden and my mom just so happened to be her uh health care provider so uh yeah um my mom at the time you know she's a single mom uh working you know tirelessly and i was being taken care of by my grandmother and my mom was a very avid fan of plush toys i guess that's what you would call them i don't know what you call them like uh, like stuffed animals i guess stuffed animals yeah so uh before her and my dad's you know separated my dad was like an avid you know he'd go buy or win those for us so she would always have them around and i as a young boy you know after playing with uh, you know, whatever my action figures, I'd go and mess around with the plush animals. She had this one very specific one that was covered in fur, 
and only showed a baby face on it and it it was like a very exaggerated baby face the puffy cheeks with the you know sprawled out lips the giant eyelashes the giant eyes and pupils the painted on eyebrows every single thread very old school e the texture was like plush but it was very rough and it felt like it was made of some kind of um, like a bean baggish material but also like some hard wires and sometimes you know being a boy like i am i'd like to wrestle around with these things you know get really rough with them and my mom you know not really caring as long as i wasn't annoying her would let me there's this one specific time where i was alone in the room by myself and i had worn myself out so of course i'm just laying in bed making eye contact with this one plush thing like i mean in direct eye contact where someone you know where you're dazing off and you're staring and as i'm looking at it and everything started to get really weird like quiet almost like a very icky feeling that you get when stuff starts to get kind of strange here's the dark the dogs in the background starting to bark back there i'm kind of not feeling comfortable so i'm about to get up to go and uh you know see what my mom's up this is broad daylight it's not thundering nothing creepy nothing ambient it's just a gut feeling as i look back as i'm exiting the room this doll that's like stiff as a board just hard plastic and plush and wire and beanbags kind of jilts itself up and gives me one clear giant wink that's fucking creepy <laughs> and I, um i it wasn't like a quick out of the corner of my eye it wasn't uh i can say i imagined it no it clearly like someone picked it up from the back of it put it up and gave me one big giant wink wait i have a question so is this one of those dolls like if you picked it up and tilted it back like the eyes no, would close uh, no th it, it was all painted on and it fucking winked it winked exactly <laughs> oh my God. so i stood there in awe as it winked and then it fell back you know the way it was positioned and as a kid you know that one yell where you're really not yelling but you just kind of like got your mouth open and you're building up the the yell in you uh -huh. yeah that, that's that what was that's what was going on it's tiny baby you know jesse was building and then i let out a blood curdling <laughs> yell as to which my mom responded by running and going oh my god what happened and i proceeded to point to it and say it winked at me and she was like oh my god no more candy for you so you know she was explaining like you know this this and that da, 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 da. so again she was just trying to convince me about it as a kid of course I forgot about it but every time I'd go into the room I would just avoid looking at it and from there on out our tone was set already where i was totally and completely afraid of it and it dominated that room so it, it, if it was a real thing it already knew it had set me in its place so of course a couple more incidents happened where i would see it kind of like shift its head towards me as i would be in there watching vhs's 
because I wouldn't let it win. I was like, I'm gonna watch these, you know, VHS Ernest goes to jail <laughs> or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. I had plastic swords and you know plastic ninja stars. You got this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would it do to me? Up until it started doing this creepy thing, and I run out of there. So finally, I had another episode where um, we were in there and. I purposely went and turned it around to face away from me, but being the genius that I was, just turning it around meant it was facing the mirror, <laughs> so it was still looking at me. That's even worse, I feel like. So, yeah, you know, finally again as I turned around, I guess realizing that I, it was, I was losing fear of it, I turned around and looked at it ever so bravely, like, ha. You're not going to stop me from watching... I believe I was watching... The Quest with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Or Kickboxer, my bad. Kickboxer. I remember this. And I turned around and I was practicing the kicks and doing all the moves by myself. And turned around and sure enough, it gave me another wink. And this was it. This was, <laughs> this was the last thing. I bugged tortured my mom so much that she was like I'm throwing it away and she put it in a plastic bag and threw it away or so she told me yeah so she didn't no she did not I was gonna ask like if you would have thrown it away yourself would she have noticed uh yeah cause like I said she had these were all very old specific plushes they weren't like uh, something that you would find easily in here. Everything was like a very weird toy. I mean, I believe I showed you a picture of my brother's favorite little monkey. I think so. And it's like an old-time monkey. It's got the same face premise of the painting. It's a monkey body, but it's got a baby, like an, an infant child's face on it. <laughs> well, yeah. I have a question, though. Like, I, I know you're saying that like, this is something that you wouldn't be able to find like now like where do you know where she would have got yeah uh, mexico so like in mexico mm -hmm. like was it like when she was a young woman or when it uh, when you I, were, I like, never little? i never asked it but i'm pretty sure it was a young woman it could have either been a gift or it could have been something that my dad won at one of the fair games uh down there mm -hmm. or she could have just bought it secondhand somewhere in somebody from somebody's house gotcha so it, it wasn't or I'm just thinking, like, are there, like, a bunch of these haunted little furry baby things everywhere uh, in Mexico? Um, well, it's there's a lot of people that get creeped out by a lot of stuff out there. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that goes weird, creepy stories. But I never once believed it. I never once, you know, gave it a second thought. And even after that, I never experienced anything like that with anything that was so-called haunted. So... After that, of course, you know, kept growing up, still in, living at that same house. I'm a little bit older. I think I'm about maybe 13, 12 years old. And uh, in the backyard, we have a tiny storage where, you know, all the toys that we've outgrown or it's just gotten too much go get thrown back there as long as with our uh, plastic pool gets shoved in there. And we use the plastic pool as a sort of... Uh, I guess extra weather protector for the roof so when it rains it doesn't hit it too hard 
Okay. But anyways, yeah, so, um, you know, me and my brother playing around in the backyard, goofing off, and I finally decided to myself, you know what, I remember this one toy that I had, and it should be in the, you know, toy pit, mm-hmm. where all the other, you know, He-Man, G.I. Joe counterparts, because it it, we were still in full fledge of, you know, Ninja Turtles and, you know, all the new stuff that was going on, so I went to the toy pit looking around i see this one black bag feels mushy mm-hmm. i'm like what the hell's in here i don't remember any toys that we had being like this mm-hmm. it's my surprise as i'm opening up bam it's in there <laughs> and uh you know i was just like god damn it she lied to me <laughs> and uh i didn't know how to feel about that because i was a little bit older it's hard for me to be scared of stuff i was watching really creepy stuff on my own mm-hmm started becoming fascinated with you know new genres but and i i never took it back out i knew it was there i didn't bug my mom about it but i always after that i always felt a specific type of way about it being there so i made sure i double knotted that bag again did what happened to it when y'all moved uh it just over time different moves from the city and different places it just got lost I know my brother was very attached to one of those dolls. It was like his, the one he grew up with. And same thing. He's just like, didn't know what had happened to it. I believe he's in possession of it now. But he just doesn't recall where he left it. Because mm. those things would like disappear and then pop up like five years later mm. in a bag. Um, but but yeah. I feel like that's like the case with a bunch of carnival stuffed animal pieces. Yeah, these things are, are creepy. Like, uh... I don't know if I have a picture of it on my phone, but we did a whole thing. The doll actually appeared in a horror movie. Oh, you told me about yes, that. Yes, and my I don't remember, but my brother sent a screenshot of it. And he goes, that is my toy. And are, I was are all we like, talking about Durley or Jose? No, Durley. Oh, okay. And I was all like, uh, yeah, that sure is your thing. Okay, so I remember you told me about that little plush animal. Um... I want to ask you about, I know you said that you used to live like in this house near these abandoned warehouses. This is the exact same house. Yeah. And so I remember that you said that there was like screaming at night or... Oh yeah, it was... uh, I don't know how that isn't top or that the stuffed animal tops screaming in the middle of the night. Well, because, you know, it... Again, it's a very creepy town. Like, even my school was, like, creepy in and of itself. Um, It always felt like if you weren't with somebody, you were alone in these places, and there was just, like, bad stuff happening all the time. Just, like, I don't know. There was this one dude who would, uh, I don't know how to translate it in, in, uh, english but he used to carry and sell um cast iron goods but he would carry him on his back and this dude was like about six one six two very lanky and tall and he would only wear an all black suit i think you told me yeah and uh he would just he looked like he was just dead like he looked like a zombie how many facial expressions he would just be walking th- 
through the streets with a bunch of cast iron goods on his back and you could hear them clanking and he had a couple of those giant tortilla comales or skillets on each hand and you would just walk you would see him he was steady, a, a steady slow pace and we would all be playing outside but we'd all just kind of come into the inside of the gate and my mom was like yeah you know he's always done that but I would never see her buy any of his goods and I never saw anybody buy any of his goods I would just see him like he would just walk by like he wouldn't be giving like a his spiel no to, nothing to just quiet looking forward carrying him hoping somebody like stops him I, or? I have no idea that's creepy that sounds like a serial killer yeah that's literally what it was but nobody bugged him nobody bothered him he just would walk back and forth and he would disappear nobody knew where this guy lived I, to this day the, the people I don't know I never heard anybody say yeah that was my uncle or oh yeah that's my especially in a small town we all know but nobody ever told me any information about that um, so yeah it was a, a big eerie thing I remember that I actually have kind of like weird dreams if I start to recall and like uh, you know where I was born I'll, I'll remember that and it'll be a very weird dream about him passing by with his and he had like these cataracty gray eyes gross yeah it was very intense I mean he could have been a fucking awesome dude for all I know but you know it was just a very creepy thing you know but let's get back to the screaming yeah so uh um like I said we're right next to a warehouse and like right next door is pretty much a woman uh old lady that can't really move around she ended up getting one of her sons to you know uh stay in there and live with her to you know help take care of her while you know she couldn't get the services she needed and i would always kind of flip out at night because i would always hear things but my parents being my parents mexican parents they'd be like you know shut up go to bed mm-hmm. you need to go to school the next day or whatever and uh I don't really remember what summer it was. But I know that this one specific summer, the Mexican news media outlet was going crazy with supernatural news. I mean, they were talking about aliens. They were talking about animals going around, like supernatural animals going around and like crawling at people's doors i mean it was a real big thing they had this one news story where they showed an actual body and me my dad my mom and my older brother were just in awe staring at the tv going like wow you know this is gonna be a big news so this uh chihuahuan uh news station shows it we're expecting there's gonna be coverage on it on like you know all these different news major news channels no nothing next day they don't even cover it again it's like if it like never happened and like I kept asking my mom and she's like well they're not you know it's not in the newspaper honey it's not in anything it must have been a joke so yeah you know what we left it at that we were having a a barbecue it was a you know festive weekend for us um 
and we're all kind of like it's already at night we're all chilling relaxing the kids are playing my dad's you know having a couple of brews uh, my older brother's you know doing teenage older brother stuff and uh all of a sudden we hear like this blood curling yelling coming from like the warehouses that are next to us and we're just like holy shit someone's getting murdered in there my dad of course goes and says hey you know what go inside so from there on out it kind of like mm, everybody's on edge because we keep hearing it's not constant but it's like every 10 minutes you'll hear like a three second shrill and I went out like that for about an hour intervals and we're inside playing you know board games just chilling out but my dad I can tell he's just on the couch yeah, you know he usually would put on some you know classic rock or something and jam out and like you know come and mess with us tussle our hair you know you know try to pop our fingers that kind of stuff and he wasn't doing any of that he was you know on real high alert same thing with my older brother my older brother was sitting on top of our bunk bed just kind of I don't know what he was think what was going through his head he's a real tough guy my uh, older brother uh, doesn't show any emotions but you know I could tell something was going on uh, so finally you know this was again we have a water cooler I don't know if people are familiar with what water coolers are but they're not AC units they run straight on water and it was you know Texas night so it's warm we're not a uh, middle class we're kind of like a poor off you know working family so we have all the windows and doors open so <laughs> there's no soundproofing it we can we know what's going on we have a couple of uh, big trees in the front and uh, like I said we live near a warehouse so there's no real foot traffic or you know car traffic when we start to hear these trees give way to weight on them and you hear them like there's a terrible windstorm out there and that's when my dad gets up and goes and grabs his uh you know gun my brother goes and grabs a bat and they go out with flashlights and we're pointing at these big trees and we see them move like there's someone jumping on these trees I only later recalled to what I could describe it as is watching as a teenager a National Geographic bit where these monkeys are jumping on the trees making them sway back and forth and my dad would shine the light on them to try to get something but the thickness of the of the leaves and uh, you know finally when it jumped onto this mesquite tree that is a little bit thin now you could see like a shadowy thing just going through it and I had never seen a raccoon till I moved to San Antonio I, I don't know raccoons and squirrels aren't really that big out there I would imagine squirrels and raccoons have a very big size difference babe well yeah but I know but that's what I'm saying like if anybody out there is going like it could probably some be something like that well you know, I really don't because my dad was a big guy. He was about six one, six feet, you know, the 200 and something to sometimes 300 pounds. You know, he really showed any fear towards any individual, let alone a tree swaying back and forth. But, you know, after that, we were taken inside and all the 
doors and windows were closed and we resorted to turning on the water cooler and putting the TV on high as we watched the VHS movies that we had seen the, that weekend up this I think it was like a Sunday so yeah that, that was a and nobody talked about it nobody said anything about it afterwards whenever I would try to bring it up my dad would be like I don't know what you're talking about but my brother would be like I know what you're talking about and after that my brother's like yeah there's a fucking monster devil lady over there and it's gonna get you and I was like oh crap so so some people may not be familiar with La Trusa. Did y'all ever at any point think it was La Trusa? Well, a see, La Trusa. Well, I think wait before you continue that you that one of us needs to say what a La Trusa is. Well, a La Trusa is just basically saying an owl that is a witch. Well, yeah, it's an but you, when you say lechuza, lechuza is out. But if you're talking about the you know whatever folk story you said, it's yeah, it's basically a witch out. You know, that's either a cursed you, or is about to curse you, or is going to cause mischief upon you, or pick up snotty nosed kids and take <laughs> them with them. And y'all never thought that it was lechuza. Well, you see, there was a couple of things that we never talked that like we weren't allowed to talk about because it would be inviting bad omens. Because my grandma lived with this, and my grandma's really old school, and just even mentioning that trash to her, she would get <laughs> just completely bonkers, and she'd be like, for sure you're going to church this Sunday. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. You know, she she didn't play around with these things. We weren't, you weren't allowed to say the devil's name or call anything devil-wise or say anything goddamn. She would just, you know, uh, backhand to you instantly. She'd be like, boy, what are you trying to do? get these demons up in this house <laughs> you know it was very hard because you know a lot of my toys that i enjoyed were very weird looking and she was like that is literally inviting the devil in here <laughs> and at some point i was like am i inviting the devil in here as a you know raised as a catholic there was a lot of shame and doubt and fear of stuff because you know of her beliefs and i was like am i doing this on my own so um i feel like that's a very common yeah, uh, yeah, Hispanic, Mexican. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, th- we weren't allowed to talk about that. You know, we weren't talking. We weren't allowed to talk about you know Ouija boards in the house, uh, witches. Um, uh, doesn't I don't know if anybody out there would be aware of it. You know, El Chamuco. I've never heard of El Chamuco. That is like the equivalent to the Mexican boogeyman, which is very scary. Um, mm, I thought see. that would be like a boy. <laughs> well, <I laughs> or mean, is like, that just for little kids? I, I think that would be like a, a, a Tex-Mex, a kind of a Chicano version of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I, I remember why... Uh, dad's brother my uncle had a tattoo of him on his arm and uh whenever we would start getting out of line he'd be like you want to see the chamuco he comes out of the ground and uh he would pop it open and he it wasn't a detailed tattoo it wasn't anything crazy it was just the silhouette of a dark creepy looking figure holding some sort of blunt sharp object didn't look like a machete it just looked like some kind of blade 
and his eyes were colored red and it had some kind of I don't know it was just weird it was a weird tattoo for a weird person to get like even now it's a standard eye. it would be something that you would see in like a no, horror novella that's like the shadow that's like creeping behind the whatever antagonist that's there drawn by some weird person <laughs> and he had a tattooed on him and I was like wow like what would give the commitment to him to you know get this tattooed on him but yeah it was just I think it like for something like that because like I've always wanted a Yorona tattoo and I think it's just like a because Yorona is the ultimate well he was uh, you know he went to Vietnam oh I didn't know that yeah he was a, a Vietnam vet so uh so he must have seen something so i figure that at the time that he was over there he must have seen some shit and in order to Cold? fortify himself in strength and not feel he took the persona of el chamuco and he tattooed it on himself and he was like no i'm the chamuco around here yeah i could i could see if that's I can understand that, I guess I should say. Yeah, because say. He, he, like I said, it was a very defining tattoo on him. And like I said, he would, the, all my uncles and my, my, you know, my, they're really big guys, mm-hmm. you know. You could feel the, their presence, their voices were, were deep and, you know, bellowing. I was just like, man, these guys, what did they do? Like, just such, oof. So it was just a presence. And, um. Uh, you know, for reference, you can go to my baby pictures with all these big grown-ass men holding me as a tiny baby with, <laughs> you know, beers all around me and Marlboro red cigarettes being smoked around me, you know. Ultimate 80s just, photo. Yeah, just secondhand <laughs> smoking. I'm fucking wearing a... You're just literally in a fucking diaper. <laughs> yeah, but there's other ones around my... I got, like, my uh, Panama Jack gear on or... <laughs> I remember... Uh, I had a lot of Spuds McKenzie gear, which I, I really want to say it was focused as dog wear. I don't know who Spuds McKenzie well, is. Well, Spuds McKenzie is a bull terrier who was the mascot for Budweiser. Is, are the bull terriers the shark dogs? Yes. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, he would be like the life of the party and the commercials were just like Spuds McKenzie parties and like it's the dog and you're like, oh yeah. So it was a big <laughs> thing. Uh, I, I remember there's a lot of Spuds McKenzie stuff all over the place. Um, I think we're getting a little off track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it, it was just... There, you can't not ask me about a certain portion of my life living in Laredo that wasn't creepy. I think the instant I moved to San Antonio, like all my creepy happenings stopped up until we moved to the Diamond Cove area or indian creek area that that was like where i was like ah this feels weird but i'm 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 normal to it because this is what it would feel like over there Hmm. which the house was previously owned and built by people from mexico so i could understand where that vibe came from okay so this is gonna be my last one that i'm gonna ask from you because I've heard this story, and it scared the fuck out of me. Like, I genuinely think about it daily. Um, About the story of you and Durley, your older brother. uh, Yeah, the side of the road thing. Yes, it it literally sounds like the most horrifying (laughs) fucking story. Yeah, you know what? I think that's why I 
didn't enjoy Into the Tall Grass. Okay, Into the Tall Grass is a Stephen King adaptation um, that Netflix did. Okay, so let please tell us because I I literally think about this story daily. Oh yeah, well I mean, um, when Laredo, there's just you know you go from like Rio Bravo uh, and uh, just different little places, Mexico, you know, the border, just you know to party, have a good time. It's really you have to go like to houses and it, it's just. It's not how it would be here, it, it, you know, where you can just go downtown and have, like, fun. You know, you got to kind of travel around, and there's no lit up places. It's kind of you reach these little voids or black holes that I like to call, and uh, we were literally driving down one of these dead, abandoned, no overhead light road thingies, and, you know, we just decide we're going to stop, you know, to kind of you know mess around with the car a little bit I don't recall what exactly it was it just it felt like it was a real big thing that we had to stop um, and we just ended up stopping in the middle of the road and uh, when it's always weird when it happens because we always kind of fl- or I I don't know what his state of mind is but I always flash back to all the weird things my parents or grandparents or people stories about stuff there that would happen and uh, i would always be like oh man like this is exactly what it is so it just starts sounding like there's these two dogs or cats or something going at it on you know the side of the road where the grass is at and then it just starts turning into like this kind of almost laughing kind of shrill-ish kind of thing and then, you know, it just starts, you start to hear these voices and, you know, we're looking around and we're both freaking out. So it, it just, it just turned into a big thing. I, I, I purposely try to block out that event in my life. Like I'm sure he did because we never bring that up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it genuinely felt like there was somebody out there. Um, well, from the last well from the only time you've told me you had said that somebody was like it sounded like somebody was in the grass and they were saying ayudame yeah literally and I'm gonna try to recreate it as there's no cars going on there's no I forgot the term for it but it would be like ambient light but I know there's a sound for it I mean there's a word for the sound around you like the noise like you know cars passing by the headlights giving that i mean there was none of that it was just straight up you know like in that movie in the tall grass where you hear just the of the grass kind of swinging back and forth the wind you know and uh literally we're there and just this is ex- exactly how i remember it hearing like are you the man are you the are you the man Ayuda. Ayuda. And like, even like that, like, to, I'm a fluent Spanish speaker, it sounded very not natural. Um, it was just a, you know, like, if you were to go, oh, help me. 
help. Like something was trying to lure y'all in? Yeah, and it was just like we didn't... And it wasn't like a loud, you know, thing. It was kind of like a... He was like laying on his belly looking at us kind of thing. Oh, that's so fucking creepy. Yeah, that's literally like... And me and him were just staring at each other, like not knowing what to do. He doesn't want to freak out. I just don't want to freak out in front of him. <laughs> and, you know... We were literally like maybe two three feet away from where we perceived this noise was coming from oh that that's not okay <laughs> yeah and it, i i believe the car was like a grand marquis so like when we open the door the lights light up in there but they're very dim so that didn't help out and being mexicans like we are we weren't like I wonder who's out there or we didn't even respond to it <laughs> like let's get out of here yeah we literally got in there locked both of the doors took off driving and we were just looking looking through our rear view mirror until we ended up getting to you know one of our you know people that we were going house and we had a couple beers we were still on edge people were asking us what was wrong and we just eventually let it go <laughs> and we never spoke of it again and up to this day we've never talked about it I'm pretty sure if I bring it up, he's just gonna look at me like, "Why are you, why are you even ask, asking about this?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it was just I, I don't know. I, I try to block it out because it's something so real, you know, cut out from like horror movies that I see that actually happen to me. And I, uh, I sometimes yeah, I'll flashback to it, like, what was it? Was there an actually someone there? Because a lot of illegal aliens tend to cross but it was such at such a weird point that it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have made sense for someone to be there's no crossing points there and the man's voice or woman's voice just sounded so alien so not like a person's voice you know yeah that that i literally think about that story every every day (laughs) like it's just so creepy because i can't imagine how i would react in that situation you know me telling it sounds like it was a long drawn out thing and it wasn't it was a a quick thing where you park the car you get out you're checking it you're making sure everything's all right start hearing all this stuff you ignore it and then the silence gets broken with the the asking for help and where we both kind of stop and we're just like I think that's something that uh, neither of us said ayudame means like help yeah (sighs) so yeah yeah and then the silent you know agreement of like we're getting the fuck out of here yeah like i can imagine that was just like a fucking look at each other and be like let's get back in that car and get the fuck out okay okay so i know that uh part of the mexican culture uh a huge thing is santeria um why don't you explain about that well i mean there's it's um, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure, as you know me in the beginning, I just became really fixated with the occult. And I first started, you know, 
fixating with the, I guess, what I call like colonizer or uh, white per people uh, occult. Which is I know like your Aleister Crowley, your Golden Dawn, the Ruins, Celtic, and uh, I mean it was cool read. You know it's it's nice. You know all their culture. It's really what got me started. Um, but I just felt like it, it it wasn't me culturally. I felt like it it left a big gap in me. So of course after that I decided I was you know I'm gonna kind of read up on what's local to me aside from like the folklore and you know fairy tales that i hear all on my own from my parents and really just weird stuff that they would say like you know sana sana colita rana whenever you got hurt which is essentially a, a spell of a, a witchcraft spell that you tell the child you know and i was like okay well i mean Literally, our roots are based on all this stuff. Um, so, um, you know, I started, you know, reading up, asking, going to these botanicas where they have all this stuff, and I genuinely became interested, and I started studying. Um, paid a couple people to, you know, get anointed in some things, and you know, it, it's a real big thing, but I, I don't really want to go into the inner workings of it. But you know, you really, you really have to believe. And I mean, I saw some things that I can't personally explain. Um, well, I I feel like we could, ex or that just it needs to be expanded before you go into stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just basically how it was brought up is that you know, it, it's got to do a lot of with the you know, I guess ancient. Mexican lore and then Afro-Latino lore because uh, they weren't allowed to worship the deities that they wanted to so in their conversion to Catholicism they would give each Catholic uh, I guess saint in a, a reversed name for their deity so certain saints, like Saint uh, Cipriano, was a certain deity for Santeria. So they could have their shrines to them mm -hmm. and be safe against persecution and or death, basically. Mm -hmm. So it was like a mix of like their original religion with Catholicism. Yes. And I think that's like the most important thing because I feel like I've met many Catholics... And, like, they claim Catholicism, but they also practice Santeria. Well, they unwillingly practice it because it was literally, they probably had relatives that practice Santeria. But yeah. that didn't instill the values on them, so they believe in these saints. That's why they'll carry certain Catholic saints on them, thinking that they have these sort of values or help them with these certain things. But really, that trait or value that they think that saint carries is really... The Santeria aspect of it. Um, okay. They're just not known for it. That's why there's a bunch of Mexican candles for it. <laughs> and you know when these people are buying them that that's exactly what they're doing them for. Like I remember San Ramon. There's a bunch of things for it. And uh, being a young kid and just listening to these stories, 
I'd hear some of the ladies talking like, oh my god, this woman would not stop talking about me, gossiping about me, and she just won't leave me alone, and, you know, and my grandmother would be like, go get a San Ramon candle, and while you're praying to him, asking her to shut up, grab a penny, put it on San Ramon's face to cover his mouth, and tie a ribbon bow tape it so it looks like it's shut like it's shutting him up and it'll shut her up mm. and it would happen and i was be like okay the girls would be like oh my god i can't believe it like sometimes it had some really bad like that i was like really it's like okay like i remember they'd be like oh yeah like her freaking uh car broke down so she got fired or like um yeah her, her husband beat her so she couldn't come into work and like she got you know like this weird thing is like you know just oh yeah like her, uh whatever got robbed so now she's like really just i guess humbled out so she's got not she's not worrying about me she's you know too much on her mind to yeah be t- and it was always like a and i always figured that later on in my dabbling it when you ask for something you really don't know how the outcome's gonna come mm-hmm. for it um but yeah you know it's just different things with it yeah so what type of things would happen with you when you started practicing santeria um for me i didn't really practice it for any specific reason other than to feel more close to my roots so all i asked for is like the knowledge to do things i just really knowledge hungry um and you know I wouldn't even charge people when I would uh, do certain services for them. I just wanted to do it to see if it would work. And it would work. So I just, it's like a high, it's like a drug knowing that this is working. So you just keep pushing it more and more and more and more and more. And you kind of just start realizing that it's not all by the book. Yeah, because I do remember you had like... Um, when we li- or when you lived at what is it Crystal Cove or something uh-huh. um, that you had some woman's like husband or her boyfriend um, his boots there oh yeah yeah so and he could so he could uh, so he could stay home yeah and he stayed home for the longest time um, uh, yeah it's just little little things that you know and and there's certain recipes and things that they have but if you could just wing it really as long as you've got the right ingredients and you put forth your energy i just remember yeah it was a really big thing for me was it was it energy or like yeah was it more intention well it's very energy based because i remember i would feel very drained through the process of it It it's like sheer will and then uh i guess the 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 payment wise I guess would be what it would be for because I feel if you're taking like cash for it it somehow makes it some kind of weirder thing because I always felt icky taking cash yeah that that just seems like it would make it feel like dirty and uh, I would always like either a barter stuff or ask for some kind of favor in return and it was just like a that would make it more 
I guess, I don't know, like, better for me. Mm -hmm. It is weird. Um, just, like, I, there's times where I wouldn't even, I could just walk into a place after somebody told me certain things that they wanted. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even, like, consult anything. I could just walk into the place and just know what herbs and what things to get, what candles, and I would just gather my stuff and go into my room that was sealed and protected from every single window door and you know i just do my thing and it would work so it was just it was a very experimental weird time for me and so because i want to know if because the next episode i'm going to talk about my experiences and 90 percent of like my experiences was a time when i was with you and do you, how do you feel about like how Santeria affects your immediate people and surroundings? Like oh, it, even- it, it affects them greatly. Um, that's why my room was always sealed. Like it had all these seals around it. And uh, I have all these uh, tattoos of seals on me as well. I mean, even- Galatia tattoos yeah, that um, I think you should point out. And even up to today, every once in a while, I'm just like, ugh, like, great learning experience, not so great outcome for it. Because um, that's all I really wanted was knowledge, and that's really all I really cared about. And, you know, being a loner, teenage, <laughs> adult-ish male, I was like, I don't give a shit what happens to me. I just want to know things. That's all I really asked for is just knowledge. You know, I, I always felt bad for the people that were always asking for, like, love stuff. Because, like, love stuff is the most common stuff. You can make a million dollars off of that. <laughs> I would imagine. And, uh, you know, the thing with it is, like, if you can make someone be with somebody, you can't make them love them. But as soon as you stop lighting the candle or, you know praying or doing the things that you do it's gonna go immediately back to how the natural course of things are supposed to go because you know it, it's never meant as a permanent solution it's always meant as like a what i call a twist of fate or like a jolt of stuff okay so before we wrap this up is there anything that you feel like you would like to share that I or you did not touch on already? Um, Jesus. Um, I guess my biggest thing is that I really also went into it because I have giant, I had as a kid, giant bouts of sleep paralysis. And I was always very shook by when it would happen. Um, and later find out that, you know, all my brothers have it as well. Not your sister? No. And, uh... How lucky. My, uh, dad had it as well. Same thing with my uncle. So it was like a, a blood male line thing. And I always felt like there was something, you know, weird about it. Uh, and that's what led me to go into it. And after a while it stopped, you know, when I would do my ritual thingies and recently you know years back when i actually decided to stop and you know hang up all that stuff and kind of just 
chill out on it because it was getting too intense. You know, they started coming back. But now, like, you know, a cool adult, I get to, like, drink and pass out <laughs> for the next day, so I don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. Okay. So that was everything for the first episode of Paranormal Chats. And our first guest was Jesse, my boyfriend, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you'll subscribe, that you look forward to hearing uh, future episodes. Um, The next episode is going to be my own paranormal stories. Um, I hope that, again, that you subscribe. And I really hope that I could talk to more people about their experiences whether it's something that you just like email me or if we're local we could talk together and if you do uh just want to email me if that's what you prefer i do have an email it's it's very simple it's let's chat paranormal at gmail.com again let's chat paranormal at gmail.com and I also have an Instagram and it's paranormal.chat and I'm gonna be posting up like photos behind the scene like if whoever my guest is is able to provide a photo of what they're talking about or pictures of my guest or anything that I think that would be interesting for you to see I'm gonna post it on there I'm working on getting a Facebook page and a website, all that good stuff. But for now, I just want you to subscribe, and I look forward to and hearing I'd from you. Like to add something on there that if oh. your stories are, you know, detailed enough, you know, we could we're probably gonna sketch something out based on your story that you tell us, description wise. And I'd love to hear feedback on the sketches of the things that you guys described to see if we hit the mark because uh, I, I really think that what a lot of people are missing when they have these experiences is that they can't physically manifest it to people good. Yeah. and when I know Jen hears something and I do I spend a lot of time you know doodling the stuff that I had experienced and it turned into some crazy artwork so you know that that's also another thing that you know make sure to describe the real in-depth details that you remember like the smell like if there's a smell to it if you know that you know this guy's eye was slightly bigger than the other you know just tiny little details that you may have not want to remember but just you know always feel free to call for it before you email let us know but that, that's all for my part just yeah definitely that's also something that i was wanting to do is uh do like some sketches or artwork based on what you're sending in again subscribe rate us if we're on somewhere that you can rate us and um again this is paranormal chat i hope to see you soon thanks bye